This is a HeadGum Podcast. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. The cream. Oh. Oh. Oh, here we go. Oh. 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 Houston, Texas, born and raised, came a handsome man with bars who made hip hop a praise. Lecrae, he saved spitting like Jay Z. By the way, his name is French for the crazy. Christian music CCM began to flounder. Then comes along the CAH pounder. He had flow and the beats to get down. And on top of all that, the theology was sound. He started playing evangelical games. Not to this, not to that. Gotta stay in your lane. Citing all his old dead guys, all his DOGs, and all the gatekeepers he was looking to please. Wow. Kiss the ring of Piper, love desiring God, but a reawakening made desiring flawed. See, he started speaking up against police brutality, then experienced a sudden lack of white formalities. Stick to the script, son. Do as you're taught, cause our churches are dying. We need a black mascot. He said, nah, I ain't playing into that aggression. So he took the L and slipped into depression. He lost some audience. It grew thinner, not fatter, all because he had the gall to say that black lives matter. By the way, his audience is still hella big, cause this dude is huge, and his hustle is sick but man it's gotta be so hard to live lecrae and if i were him here's what i'd say to all my uppity bros and mad calvinists you can read my two lips and suck my well my name's kevin porter and i'm here to say today on gcf we're gonna listen to lecrae i'll never not be there Unless we get a new theme song. Yeah. <laughs> Which maybe we will. One year in. Maybe we'll get a hip-hop theme song. We'll rap every time. I think what you did. Is our new theme song. Purest hip-hop I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Good Christian Fun. I was like, what is, what is this show? I was like, welcome to yeah, Good Christian Fun. You, you have a headache right now, but I, now I don't know if it's real or not. Mm. You did all this dramatic No, thing. it's... It's for real. I gave you ibuprofen. So I could go, oh, no. Oh. But welcome to Good Christian Fun. I'm Kevin. <laughs> I'm Caroline. And we're here to have some good... Christian fun. fun. Caroline, what is Good Christian Fun? Good Christian Fun is where Kevin gets to work on his rap and or music right. album. <laughs> um, it's no <a> demo workshop. <laughs> and I like it. Um, it's where we talk about Christian pop culture. There's a lot of Christians in this America and around the world. And uh, they like to make a lot of books. We see a politician named Caroline Ely <laughs> failing at her first stump speech on, the, no, I'm doing great. on a tour of the swing states. Uh, this this America. County. Um, and uh, anyway, so we examine some of the stuff that we've grown up with that we have nostalgia for, as well as some new things and things made about Christians um, and kind of parse through what's funny about it and what's culturally yes. important about it. As the show goes on, you may notice that we start to lean more and more on things that intersect with Christians. Christianity that aren't just made by Christians. Because sometimes we need a break. <laughs> um, so we that's what break. we do here. But we, uh, we're we not here to proselytize or to get you saved. Uh, we're not here either to bash your religious beliefs. Or make fun of you. That's right. We don't want to make fun of you. We want to make fun with, with you. you. Caroline, how's your heart? 
I have a funny story to tell you. How long is it going to take? This seems like the time I get to share it. Well, it's relevant to the podcast. Okay. uh, Because a couple weeks ago, I went to Arizona, you know, Mm -hmm. a little vacation. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, I I brought candles with me because I like to have a nice vibe in the hotel when we set up for relaxing and nap time. Mm-hmm. Um, for so relaxing anyway. and nap time. <laughs> so I had those with me. And then on the way back, uh, I got pulled over by TSA and they opened up my bag and they pulled out my candle. And it said, rebuke me, daddy. And it said, rebuke me, daddy. Dear Lord. <laughs> and he read it and he stared at it for a while and he looked at me and then he looked on the inside of the candle <laughs> and he looked at me again and he's like, well, it looks like a candle, and it's used even. <laughs> and he put it back, and I was just like, yep. And I think he was probably digging around, like, trying to find handcuffs and whips in there and stuff. But he, yeah, that was real embarrassing. Wow. For all you GCFers out there that also got your hands on a Rebuke Me Daddy candle, heads up, you might have to face yourself at the TSA. And what's the name of that store again, Caroline? Uh, it's called Melt Candles and Wax. It's on Etsy. Hey, Melt Candles and Wax. If you want to get that. We Check don't, them out. We don't get anything for that. That's we just, get no cut. That's just a friend we care about. This is just us being nice and cool. Like and fucking uh, nice yes. and like yes. awesome. Yes. You know how Tom Cruise like hands out gifts on every movie set he goes to? <laughs> that's us with this candle biz. <laughs> How's your heart, Kevin? <laughs> I feel like you just read something about Tom Cruise handing out gifts 15 minutes ago. No, I read it so long ago, and I think about it all the time. (laughs) Uh, My heart is good. Thank you for asking. You're welcome. Uh, My head is bad. Yeah, we're um, working on it. But you know what else is bumping in addition to my head? Look great. (laughs) (laughs) Goodbye, listeners. (laughs) Kevin doing hip-hop culture this whole episode is a real fun treat. I mean, listen. You're doing your best. Listen. You're doing your (laughs) best. The worst slam possible. I don't envy it. You're doing your best. Your best. Uh, But the topic for today is Lecrae, and we needed a lot of help today to get into it. Oh, I'm so excited. So let's introduce our guest right now, ladies and gentlemen, an old dear friend of mine, an entrepreneur, a brand manager, an actor from the Michelob Light commercial that you might be able to find on YouTube. Ladies and gentlemen, give it the HF for AC Sanford! How's it going? It's all right. It's all right. How are you? Happy to be here. Mm -hmm. We're happy to have you. You know. Praising the Lord with you. Welcome to the show. Oh, this this is the cut. This is the cut. Y'all don't even know. (laughs) Do you know what this is? I have no clue. This is Amy Grant. Off to a good start. I come come into Christianity like, like anything before like Crowder A Collision. Okay. I can't. I don't even know what a collision is. I can't is. even. I can't even roll with that. So like mid two thousands, anything before that? E- any like early two thousands? I can't really roll with it. Wow. Like, like people were like, "Oh, you were like growing up in youth group. You remember Carmen, right? No clue what you're <laughs> mm-hmm. talking about. Trust me, that's such a blessing, dude. I can't even. I can't like. I I don't really know like a lot of like Kirk Franklin stuff. Like mm-hmm. I can't really roll. So with you it. don't mm-hmm. want a revolution. Nah. Nah. I just remember so many like bad dances to that song. To the Kirk Franklin song? Like you know. And then people were like, Oh yeah, my local Christian radio station <laughs> in my town. They'd be like, like, Oh yeah, that's my homeboy Kirk Franklin on oh, the radio. Gosh. And I would just like cringe. 
I would cringe. Like, that ain't your homie, bro. It's not your boy. Oh. It might be. That might be your homie, but, like, please don't phrase that on the, the radio. I think that guy, I think they were best friends since childhood. Yeah. That's my <laughs> homie, Kirk Franklin. My most significant connection to him is as the soundtrack to Do You Mind If I Praise God real quick. Oh, yeah. The video that took the internet by storm. Do you not know this video? Bit of a meme. We'll show you later. Oh, we'll please. Show you right please. Now. Well, AC, thanks so much for joining us Y'all on the show. Y'all have a It's so fun. All the way out. I've known you for so long, and you've been a guy where it's like, man, I've missed hanging out with him. Mm-hmm. So what better way than to exploit our on friendship a for a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> What's your history of faith? What's your background? Uh, so I, uh, I grew up in a, not really a Christian home. But uh, I, I come to know Jesus around 13 years old. I'll be 32 in a couple of couple of weeks. Here. Congrats! Appreciate it. Appreciate that. Almost. That's the one that Jesus matters. Jesus' year. Hey man. 33. Is that a threat? That's the one that matters. <laughs> That's the one that matters. Um, <laughs> so I come down. to know Jesus uh, around 13. Uh, about 13 years uh-huh. old. How'd it happen? You know, I went to the church that I actually grew up up in, and uh, before that moment, like I, you know, I wasn't like diagnosed or anything like that. But I've been experiencing a lot of sadness, a lot of depression. A lot of things like that. Um, just been real sad about uh, just where we were uh, in life. Single mom, really not really finding my, my myself socially anywhere in school. Um, you didn't have like a group. I didn't have like a squad, bro. And like oh, it, that, that's kind of like uh, it's kind of hard being an African American and then at the same time having like a really educated like dialect because you get sort of like picked on for that. I I probably didn't have the best hygiene. <laughs> I was just I was probably about thirty five pounds overweight. I had a what lot of bad dragging? things. You were dragging like a dirty blanket all, all, all the time. I was right? like I was like, like Lucas, Linus and Pigpen. Linus, Linus, both. So it was it was bad. Were you uh, raised in California? No, I'm from Orlando, Florida. Oh, okay. uh, I'm, I'm I was born in Detroit, Michigan. Um, raised in uh, Orlando, and then uh, that's where I I came to know Jesus. Then. I don't even see this is why the Holy Spirit matters so much more than a sermon, because I have no idea what the guy on stage was talking about. Mm. I just remember at the end of it, he was like, if you want to come to the end of the aisle uh, to, you know, give your life to Jesus, then do that. And I was like, I just got to go and do that. And so I started walking down and was the setup just a regular church. It was just a regular Sunday church service in February had zero like it wasn't like it wasn't a holiday it wasn't like it wasn't <laughs> camp or a uh, it wasn't like the power squads here and they're bending <laughs> and they're bending metal now give your life to Jesus okay. because that oh yeah that that makes sense like you know shout to anybody who uh, came to know Jesus got saved by the power squad <laughs> we have a lot of power squad convert I don't listeners know. is it even called the power squad yeah, it's, what? The, it's power team power team yeah. for those who don't know they just did like feats of physical strength right and then they would just say the gospel and then people something. would be like yeah <laughs> like, my favorite is tearing it. a phone book apart I, I, don't, I don't get it but whatever but so then I, they couldn't tear the word apart <laughs> oh, oh, oh it's too amazing. powerful so yeah. you had this big moment. You got to know mm-hmm. you. You invited God into your life. That's and it. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, started to be discipled by the by the men uh, of that church. That uh, a lot of them I still keep in contact with today. And um, what kind of things were they helping you with? My dad wasn't there at the time. My dad is a is a Muslim. He lives in uh lives in Atlanta. Our our relationship has uh, reformed over time, but at the time it was it was a pretty big estrangement. Mm-hmm. Um, so. So I just didn't have like simple lessons like 
discipline mm-hmm. or soap. Um, soap. <laughs> no, one hundred. Like somebody had to come to me and was like, "Bro, you got to use body wash." And I was like, "Get out of here, body what? You got to use body wash, bro." Body wash. So as a result, okay, so yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a result, now like you. yeah, like a lot of guys were there for me. Uh, even up to like what, 18, 19 years old, they really really and care. You- like because you said you struggled socially in school did you find like kind of your group through that no, like, yeah so church? like there was a dude that he had like a we had church on wednesday night but he had a tuesday night bible study that mm-hmm. he would have at church he would pick me up from my house bring me there a bunch of other black hispanic uh orlando's very diverse by, by the way black hispanic indian kids uh, asian kids we'd all be there have our bible study play basketball eat some pizza go camping things like that that's awesome um and, and it kind of gave me a, a, a squad to kind of roll with as friends, which I never had before. And then after that, then it kind of uh, helps me develop my personality in a lot of ways and, and, in, and in my artistry. It was a really big church. It was actually a mega church. So that mega church would you know put on events every six weeks and we'd have like 800 kids that would just bustle through the rooms. And uh, it turned out wow. that was a big launching pad for a lot of artistic careers mm. um, across the country. A lot of people that are that are on your television screen like came right out now of that. came out of that. That's um, cool. Yeah, it was it was really cool to be a part of that and um, to sharpen my myself to really get introduced to acting and dancing mm-hmm. um, through that. And then yeah, yeah. And We've then, talked about that before of how like the church is kind of incredible launching pad for so many yeah. artists or people that like to perform because it's such an easy stage to get up on in that, some ways. And, and they like do a good job of fostering that I think within kids, which is nice. They do they do, do that well as well as like let's say if you want to be an editor or a cameraman or you really get at social media or you really have an inkling to any sort of thing in the arts. Uh, the church is always in need of, of things like that. Mm-hmm. So it's really good. Oh, you a like had a video edit. I a thousand percent would have not would not have edited if not for certain needs and and resources at the church. Growing up in like 2003, when it wasn't a given that everyone had a video camera in their pocket. Yeah, mm-hmm. there was like there was a way to plug in and and let that flourish. So that was a big outlet for you, and kind of started helping you flourish and become a the human. full person yeah. that you are. Yeah. yeah, man. If I wouldn't have had that, I, I definitely wouldn't be here. Mm-hmm. The thing about it, like extracurricular activities especially for young people is they give them a sense of discipline a sense of team working together with people and then a sense of purpose Mm -hmm. and that is really and i'm sure we're going to segue to that a little bit but in minority communities that's what's missing the most maybe so say in a white community where you have enough money to play travel softball or soccer or be on the basketball team at your at your school or even you know, be on the football team. You may not necessarily have those resources in a in a in a minority community. That's where that's where a lot of these young men are lost to the criminal justice system is they don't have the recreation to sharpen those skills mm-hmm. or to even learn a lot of great lessons that we learn in arts and in sports mm-hmm. yeah. in our in those critical years. And so, if I hadn't had that, who knows? I might have ten kids by ten different baby mamas, or or be uh, you know in jail or. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So what led you out to L.A.? Uh, I finished high school. We started going to college when I was in Orlando. I, I, I booked a few films. I, instead of just staying in Orlando, I wanted to chase the bigger fruit. So I came out to, to L.A. and, and Where are those and, Florida oranges? Get the California oranges. Uh, get a ca- 
<laughs> we both have oranges. <laughs> um, how has how has faith been for you recently, or, or in your career in the creative field and things like that? Uh, it's always been inde- it's always been indicative of my uh, creativity, and and I've I've enjoyed having Jesus speak into my creativity. Um, Give an example of that. Yeah, so um, one of the clients that I started work for is this really big camp company based out of Nashville that has mm-hmm. camps all over the country. Mm-hmm. They had never had. Um, just a creative that uh, was a African American or B, just had a, a more millennial urban tone voice, and I, I had some issues on my heart that I really wanted to talk about and speak to the kids. So I was tasked with uh, creating a spoken word visual for James Ooh, three. Cool. And as you guys know, in James three, it talks about taming the tongue, and and there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of things that uh, James talks about in that passage about like. You can't praise God on, on, on one instance and then in the next instance, curse God. Like, how can you do that? Mm-hmm. Like, and so I made this entire visual about that. And then I, I used that to spur on talking about bullying, cyberbullying, whatnot towards kids. Everybody in the, in the, in the visual uh, had bags over their heads. You know, a girl that was overweight, you know, someone who identified as, as Hispanic, you know, all these type of things, uh, black people, um, girls, you know, that you would probably call, quote unquote, an insta thought, you know, that would be like. People have been throwing that term at me a lot lately. <laughs> that can't be true. <laughs> no. You know, I type wish. of thing. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, right now. We're on pool it's, floaties more. And it's then it's a like lot right now. The gram is popping right now. Summertime across the country. Oh my gosh. That's so cool. You make those, uh, those videos that they play at camps like that. I know that's not all you do, but right, I remember so those being a highlight of camp of like, wow, this is, uh, you know, often more effective than the long sermon I heard that I don't Some, remember anyway. Yeah. Like, and I think that, I think that that's something that we need to really think about. Not just for for content that we make for for students, but I think content that we make across the board is yeah. like sometimes sometimes the sermon the forty five minute sermon I think preachers give themselves too much credit in thinking that like it's like yo bro like you could shave this down to about thirty you could shave it so far down well and I I'm waiting for a majority of pastors especially in a post Stranger Things season one landscape of like. Oh, maybe you only need eight episodes of a TV show to do a season. Tell a story. Mm. Perhaps your sermon would be great at twenty-seven minutes. Instead you know what of I was 62. thinking the other day? I think you should have church once a month. What about that? Because how many things can you say? Caroline is lighting up. <laughs> Stay how with many me things you, you once can say a month. Yeah, I mean, I like, and then you could do twelve really good talks. You know? I like the ritual. Of meeting every week for okay. like refocusing yourself on oh, okay. with your friends and 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 having like music I could do right, right. every yeah week. music yeah. is nice if you're saying the sermons once a month I feel so bad for any pastor listening they're just like <laughs> no, putting dude, their pen no. down <laughs> like throwing their laptop out the window it's all, it's all gravy here's the thing it's just it's just, just like short just tighten it up tighten edit it up, you gotta man. learn how to edit you know take and a, take a like, note from the high schoolers they know how to edit yeah I feel like there's not a lot of people out there saying to these pastors like yo man. You need to shave this down, bro. Like, it's not like I know you want to hear yourself talk. And I think you think the Holy Spirit moves through your words more than he does. And he and I'm not saying the Holy Spirit doesn't. But like, yo, shave this down. bro. (laughs) More isn't always more. More isn't always more. Like, 
stop after like 30 minutes it's like yo what you saying <laughs> <laughs> we talk like, about this all the time yeah the church we used to go to had really long sermons and there, there it was probably like maybe two-thirds of the way through you get a really good like aha mm. and then i kept going for another 20 minutes and you're like, yeah oh. then it's like i forgot what the good moment was yeah, now it's right. so long yeah <laughs> Yeah, and you see, I guess it's almost connected to like, oh, every Marvel movie now is two hours and twenty minutes. Goodness. Every, but those are great, and they're your favorite. <laughs> I think and they good have ups cinema. and downs, and like right. sometimes, yeah. I but they like, tell a story. Maybe you know, if you had a sermon that is not a sermon, but is just basically a movie or something couched in yeah. a story, that's often more effective. I think the obviously, and we were, you know, I church think, is movies now. This is what I'm church saying. Church is movies now. Church is movies now. It's once a month. <laughs> Caroline's church. Come on, come on, come on. What a confusing Caroline's mission church. statement. Church is movies now. So, so, so what do you guys do at, at your church? Oh, uh, we, we have like pizza and we watch movies. And it's then, youth group. Yeah, is there a pastor? <laughs> Everyone's a pastor. You know what I'm thinking about today is the fact that, um, I enjoy checking out different churches and going to, no matter like where the city is or the region or whoever's doing it, it's always interesting, even if I don't um, agree, quote unquote, with like whatever the perspective is, because it's like watching a cover band every time. Every pastor is covering the Bible. And you know the vibe, like, you know, you're familiar with, like, who Jesus is. So it's like, instead of going and seeing a band where it's like, it's all their original songs, and I don't know what this is, they're all doing, Louie, Louie, oh, <laughs> babe. You know, they're doing the yeah. classics. That's actually, I was reading that in a book somewhere. I think it's a Rachel Hall Evans book or something, but basically, like, to find your path in faith, it's like finding your favorite cover artist for the Bible, or that does your song in the way you like it best, and mm-hmm. that's the one you, like, listen mm. to, basically. Yeah. And there's certain things that people respond to yeah. more on a soul level. Hence yeah. all our denominations and flavors and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's a very inclusive statement. It's <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, I love that. Uh, everybody, everybody, an awesome well, no, One I more mean, thing about my church is movies, church is ice cream, church is everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we got to figure that out. We, we got to figure that out. Just run it up. Yeah, yeah do like the Catholics do, man. Ten minutes, fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. Beautiful. I mean. I mean, there's some deep theological issues that I've definitely learned from having like a, a like a 45 minute sermon on. But sometimes you got to understand people's attention span are gone. Yeah. And then like pastors that don't have like a little bit of like a story in there, you got to throw something in there. Like, yeah. yeah. How much do you love your daughters? I'm not. I need to know. <laughs> I need to know. Did your daughter? Oh, please tell me your Did daughter you do said the something thing the other today. day. <laughs> yeah. Or kind of funny. Did you do sort something that you, illustrated you how you have something. the perfect love of God? Did yeah. you display it for your daughter? So, so how how's your faith function the last few years? Where are you at with it now? I don't know. I feel like, uh, unfortunately, I haven't spent as much time in the Word as I as I wanted to. Me neither. Please uh, leave. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, that was fun. That was fun. <laughs> Thank Thanks. you. Come back when you have a biblical foundation. <laughs> I feel like, uh, no, nah, I haven't spent as much time in the Word as uh, as I've wanted to. I think. Uh, after I had my, uh, after my, I had my kid, I, I realized there was like a, there's a void that I, there were some things as a man that I was, I wasn't maturing in. I'm really excited for like this next season of life. Uh, I'm going to be here in Los Angeles a little bit more as the year goes on. Because you it, travel a lot for your job. Yeah, but I'm transitioning. Yeah. Um, a lot of things, I think a lot of like discipleship, especially as we get older, comes from like being in, in Christian community, mm-hmm. hearing the perspective of other Christians um, and and them holding you accountable and sharpening you in that. So um, 
You feel I like you haven't been around your gang as much no, as you'd I, like to I, I, or I your people? A, I think a little bit of that. I think uh, I think that's what LA has been so great for me. LA has been great. Cause like the Christian community is for real. Like, you know, we, all we got is each other. All our families are back in right. wherever. So all we got is each other. So the Christian community is, is dope, but the personal accountability amongst each other to grow is not always there. You know what I'm saying? For people to be like, yo, bro, I haven't seen you around this week, but like, tell me how you doing for real. Mm-hmm. Like F the BS, like let's, yeah, and, like, yeah, and it gets harder when, like, one of your close friends literally wanted to move from, like, oh, I moved from Studio City to the West Side, where it's like, well, bye forever. Yes, yeah, farewell. Yeah. Like, when I moved to Pasadena, I did it in thinking and knowing that there's certain people I will not be as close with and I won't talk to anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, I th- that was kind of the price you paid. So, Dude, that, that, it, that LA neighborhood where you live mm-hmm. that's real mm-hmm. that is real i know but i, I mean have... then you have your neighborhood yeah but now like then you gotta like foster up new relationships and if i just moved in next door to you it'd take me a couple years for me <laughs> to get cool with your husband like yo what's good what's happening uh, yeah well the real problem you'd have is with scampi she's not very friendly oh, that's that a you... kitty yeah oh yeah where's she where's she at <laughs> i don't know where she is she's hiding well, anyway she found something <laughs> uh no i'd be friends with you right away uh, but so also <laughs> says the girl that said when I asked <laughs> when's the last time you saw you met someone you said I have to be friends with them she said oh four years ago oh, updated <laughs> answer uh, 20 minutes 20 ago, minutes ago. <laughs> I appreciate that 100 oh, I, you're good I, I, thank you okay. good. I, I understand what you're saying too about the Christian community in Los Angeles because that was truly the reason I stayed in town because mm. I got a job Make offer when I moved yeah. out here in 2009 and otherwise, I would have turned it down and gone back to tech, even though it's so dumb in retrospect. But right. but going to the church and meeting all those people, meeting Potter, mm. and even like Longo and Tinius right. and Aislinn and Tiffany, like that was it. And I was like, oh, I don't know what's going to happen, but I know a lot of these people are going to be with me through mm-hmm. a lot of it. Yeah. yeah. And it is like you've, you do feel orphaned in town. You do. You just, you don't, and then uh, we all feel like we're a bunch of, like, <laughs> anti-orphans. Yeah. We're all, like, these, like, you, when you, I think you kind of come to town, and unless you've got some real things to mature you, you all, st- everybody stays, like, 23, you know, just in mindset. It's like, oh, yeah, we're all going to hang out tonight. We're all I, gonna, you know I was 23 until last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, honestly, really? I was, to, oh, gosh, that valley life in particular, mm. it was, I was 23, I would say until... 2013 or 14 honestly like just what yeah why when are we gonna hang out let's go to coral cafe let's hang out till two in the morning at wendy's or whatever it was we were gonna mcdonald's after every community group it was so much that's kind of cool if you don't <laughs> got like a job and church. Church. Well, uh, like you know what i'm saying oh, you yeah. probably had a job too didn't you yeah and you were still like it was out. flex though yeah. it was very flex. Was super flex yeah. all yeah. remote days yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was it was it was literally all remote days no joke just get your work done yeah that's great yeah <laughs> personal assistant yeah to well a then we have you know a kid and then you eventually move out got a kid <laughs> and then like i just i gotta be at home at like five o'clock p.m now mm-hmm. i gotta mm-hmm. like I gotta like feed the kid and give her a bath and put her in the bed. Yeah. And like I gotta like make money now. Real <laughs> cash has oh, to be in the consistently. bank. Consistently. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Like so there's a lot of things that have held me accountable and grown me a little bit, but I think the thing that I, I, I wish I wish we had a little bit more consistent people that were striving after the Lord and wanting to see personal growth in each other. And I don't think that happens a lot. Yeah. And mm-hmm. it is, and I think too 
when you do have those like literally just circumstantial things spring up, mm-hmm. physical distance, or mm-hmm. we're we're literally not in the same Bible study community mm-hmm. group anymore, it feels awkward yeah. and it feels like very. This is weird, and I feel like a if I saw someone that I hadn't seen in like a year, and and literally said like, "How's your heart, man? What's mm. going on?" Like I understand the goodness but of like, that, bro. But it's why also you asking like, me all like, these questions? <laughs> yeah, it feels like a it feels invasive yeah. in a way. So I guess it's just like, how do you balance that? I think we just got to be intentional adults and yeah. gotta get past that. Like F the BS for real. Like, F the BS for like, real. Just get. I mean, hashtag that real quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> F the BS. French the battleships. French all the battleships. Just make out. <laughs> no, nah, like them. for real. Like we gotta like like if we trying to go after this, we gotta go after it. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Like yo, yeah. hey, where you at? You live in you live in you live on the west side. All right, you live in Santa Monica. All right, I'm gonna be there next Thursday at two thirty. Yeah. I'm blocking that off. Caroline shaking her head no. You this, can- this is not church's <laughs> movies kind of talk. Movie church doesn't really do that. I, I always find that funny too. Like when I heard, of course, you married, I'm married. Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> he literally just waved me away in this conversation. And then circled back to me. Wow. Yeah. But you know, but I always find like when I'm talking to like a, a girl, she's like, yo, you know, I would never date anybody that lived on the West Side. It's like, why not? Cause like I'm not driving over there. I'm like you crazy. <laughs> so you find a perfect like man. Too. I know. I'm like, well, I would wouldn't drive. you try? Give it a try. I give. A, if I was, you single, would drive if you if you met the girl. If you met e- little Amber on the west side. Little Amber. Uh, Caroline's referring to a prophecy her mother spoke over me. Yeah. It's a girl named Amber. Well, yeah. She says I'm gonna fall in love with a little redhead girl named Amber. And I think she's thinking of a daughter I might have one day. Yeah, it like, sounds like a think child. It's, yeah. yeah, it sounds like <laughs> a, a paternal situation. But anyway, if you you would you would drive to the west side like three or four times a week. But why you got to do it three or four times a week? Why y'all? Because why, you want to spend time together, right? But you can't like why can't she drive to the east side? Oh, okay, okay. All right, so maybe twice a week. Yeah. Okay. If it's like literally someone I love spending time with. No, no, no. With, you just, you're dating. You just got to get started. Well, See, then it's not is. two times a week at all anyway. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. If, you meet, if you meet her, y'all go to like Runyon. Y'all yeah. Have like, I feel like that's middle. a perfect first Downtown. date. James Brown. James Brown. Go to Runyon. Eat some Funyuns. Oh. <laughs> you rob me now. Go to Studio what City. What is your first date? Go to Kitty. No, it's not Chili's. What's what that? is your first date? Chili's is we'll never go out on a date. Let's no, go to Chili's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Chili's is to? to cool things down. <laughs> Chili's. Where, where is there Chili's? Chili's is a nonverbal DTR. There's one in Monrovia, less than 20 minutes away from here. <laughs> if you exit um, you Huntington the, Drive, Kevin, I would go to Chili's with you because I I've missed Chili's. I haven't had Chili's in years, probably over a you decade. You would go. The blandest yeah, food you ever have. In I want to get some crunching, some crispy. They put crispy in every menu. I, I went with your husband a couple months ago. It was great. I, know, I was jealous. Yeah. Anyway, so what's your first date? move i don't it would depend on the person but i like daytime so it's not it's not it's not a lot of pressure but it can go long right. if you choose the right time right. and you would kind of want it to yeah what daytime yeah i'm not looking for you uh, he, try, he ain't trying to get you know get it popping. a little bit of a handheld i'm not <laughs> a, hand, a little can, bit of a cheek smooch you can hold <laughs> a cheek smooch <laughs> you can you can have a nice Polite and pleasant daytime vibe. A little bit of footsie under the <laughs> coffee table. <laughs> but it can go 45 yeah, minutes. It can go an hour and a half. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks it's, for sharing your yeah, story, no buddy. Yeah, yeah. We're all figuring it out. Well, let's, uh, yeah, we're all figuring it out. Let's dive in. <laughs> Come on, let's go. 
Lecrae. Yo, that Stephen Curtis Chapman album, though. I will tell okay, you. Okay, that's what you know. I will tell you. That you- album has like five cuts on it, deep cuts. Like a lot of people don't know that. Like, yo, that's the that's the record, bro. Okay. That's uh, the record. What about the change? What about, what about the, the change? Yeah, change. Uh uh, something of love. Uh, uh, mm, 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 mm. Fingerprints of God is on that. I can see yeah. the finger. <laughs> Wait, push it. Wait, <laughs> fingerprints of God just <laughs> push it. Um, I can see the thing. Speechless is a the the song. Speechless is kind of dope. Yeah. Oh, the the opening of that song is boom, boom, boom. It's pretty rad. Oh, there's a build up. I think we listened to part of this in Jin's episode with Jen Tullock. Yo, th- this musicality, bro. Look at this. this he's is. good. He's a Gorgeous. good little. I wonder if he's man. playing this. Oh, is yeah. that him? Uh, he's playing on the that's solo a, tour. That's a studio musician right there playing. Mm, we'll never know for sure. Here we the go. string section is kind of whack. Listen but. to this, Caroline. Oh, hell yeah. Wow. <laughs> on a country road with this blasting in your car. Listen. Oh, my gosh. He reposted today on Instagram. SEC? SEC did that. He's on the gram, bro? Oh, yeah. Oh, he's prolific on the gram. He reposted that video of him diving headfirst into a trash bag full of popcorn. Oh, Lord. He seemed to think that was real funny. It got 50 million views on Facebook. Goodness. Wow. The Facebook fandom is big for him. Fingerprints of God. What were your? Did you have any other Christian like pop culture jams, music wise? Bro, like that was like I'm 100, (laughs) yeah, 100. Like this true story. I took my my youth pastor. One of my youth pastors was black. Mm -hmm. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Turn that (laughs) off. I want this to score your childhood. Okay. (laughs) So he gave me that for whatever reason. He had like a a ton of CDs in his office. Mm And it's like, yo, can I borrow this? Because, like, I can't even know Jesus. I had no Christian music. I, I remember I, I remember the first camp I went to, they were like, throw all your CDs away. And I went home and took my Nelly Country Grammar CD no. and broke it in half oh, like wow. a doofus. Because <laughs> that had the jams on it. Yeah. Lots of jams on Country Grammar. So you can only listen to half of Nelly's songs? Yeah, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> but I had I took SEC's Speechless home and I remember thinking, man, this this song God did speak to me a lot through that through yeah. that album. It was it was really dope. Shot like somebody could hate you can hate all you want to, but I'm telling you, SEC's the real one. I so, like you him. did an I incredible like musical taste shift. So I kind of <laughs> handed to young AC going I from w- Nelly dude, to this. BT. I was a student of BT, VH1, and MTV all day long. Yeah, yeah. TRL glued. <laughs> Glue <laughs> to the screen. I missed TRL. I didn't. Get, I they didn't came catch back it. with it, but yeah, I ain't. I was it wasn't late. so good. Yeah. I watched a lot of VH1. I love the seventies and stuff like that. Those were so <laughs> hilarious. They were I funny. That 80s. was like when I was like, oh, comedians. Exactly. Here, bro. okay. They were. And that we'll, was, we'll be the clever. talking heads on. I love the twenty tens. Please, it'll be us. Yeah. Okay. So that was Christian pop culture for you. Was your one of your youth pastors helping you out, giving you some yeah. CDs that was to replace it. That your was broken it. Nelly? And then I don't, I don't. And you, then like Hillsong you blacked United, out. Yeah. yeah. Hillsong United comes in. Reach Records, Lecrae and them come in. The Passion Movement comes in. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really with like Tomlin. I really couldn't. But like Crowder, Charlie Hall, I mm-hmm. could really mess with that. Sure. That was like that. That was kind of my jam. Um, Hillsong United, like. For real, has changed the game across the. I don't care what nobody say. They're oh, one yeah. of the best bands in the world. Forget Christian band. They're bands, folks. yeah, like bands. Like, <laughs> go see their live show and you be like, yeah, they they work hard. Real. 
Yeah. I call them the Hydra of worship music. <laughs> Hail like Hillsong. Everywhere. <laughs> There's so many of it. And I don't understand it, but it's like mm-hmm. all nah, they're losing. They're losing a little bit of traction right now. There's some. Why? Some, well, the Lent Bieber feud has really oh, <laughs> sunk the them. Really? They, they, they are I don't think so. Oh. I don't think anyone notices that I, once they're paying attention to I Bieber pretty fine. hard. Yeah, no, I, yeah, they yeah. are. Yeah. Oh uh, no, it's not actually. I watched the TMZ video where they're asking, "Are you happy about, uh, you know, Justin Bieber and Haley Baldwin? They got engaged." And he was like, "Yeah, I guess." He's probably frustrated like, that you got a camera stuck in his face. But walking. his wife is close with her. Carl Lentz's wife is close oh, with yeah. Haley. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on. Maybe it was like Justin Bieber cheated at a poker night or something. And he's I bet just you they met. <laughs> I don't even know. I bet dead. you they met at his church though. Sure. Yeah, she's from like the ball ones are from mm-hmm. New York and yeah, and I've been right. going to Hillsong every Sunday ever since. <laughs> Trolling for him? wife, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> Supporting him this tough time. No. So okay. how did you find out about Lecrae? Did someone pass so, him on to you? Did you discover uh, him? Yeah, he was kind of like a. It was kind of weird because like a lot of people, I kind of come in to Lecrae. I want to say all oh, uh, two thousand and six. Mm-hmm. Like after the music stops, yeah, that, uh, yeah. When uh, Jesus music had come out, that was like one of the, his biggest hits back in the day. And I remember thinking, "Wow, this is dope." And then he had like he had like some bars. Like a lot of people come into contact with Lecrae because, uh, you know, fortunately and unfortunately, he had kind of like church leader endorsement. Right. From like Piper and them, and so this is the one of the more fascinating aspects to it. Right? Yeah, yeah we, we'll get into that. So it's yeah. so crazy to me because you're just like because I remember listening to it. And he, him, and his crew had this album called Thirteen, um, Thirteen Letters, where they took all like the Pauline epistles and sort of broke them up and and made songs out of them. And it was like wow, it's like a high concept album. It right? was so high concept that these people were like they were digging into rap music, but they were digging into it like theologically so rich so it was one of those things like people were exposing it to me i had like some friends he wasn't the thing that was like at the white church like everybody was talking about it was just like that black dude who either goes to the white church or the black dude that goes to the black church or the hispanic church and he's like yo you gotta you gotta listen to this like this Mm -hmm. is is dope so somebody gave me after the music stops and i remember i had like i had a burned copy of it and i was playing it and it was it was hot yeah this is after the music stops. This is the title track from it. After the show, after the sex, after the music 2006. stops. I was right. Yeah. Did you listen to it okay? Not that much. I, I popped in and out. But honestly, unfortunately, I knew him first as a John Piper endorsed dude. Yeah. Because, well, because it was so... We'll back it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. It is... Bizarre. Mm-hmm. I mean, we talked about the Lentz Bieber thing, but it was bizarre to see uh, John Piper, a man who has no concern at all with being a cool pastor in the slightest. I mean, khakis <laughs> and Big a polo. Jackets. Jo- like, can Weird you, hair. Where's the yeah. tailor? Where yeah. is the tailor? He doesn't, he doesn't, but you then you realize he's reading too much. He, he, <laughs> <laughs> he's busy, yeah. He's but then you realize eating enough. You realize he passes a church in like Minnesota, so you're like, well, yeah. There's no, there's no need there's for no it. Need for Although I kept thinking about how funny it would be, you know, because Lynn's got such a boost from the Bieber relationship, 
if Piper and Lecrae's relationship, if a bunch of dudes showed up to Lecrae concerts wearing like very big baggy brown <laughs> overcoats and, and stuff, and long white hair and uncombed <laughs> and like untrimmed, they came to hear, see the music. Yeah, well, exactly. I think what that what that endorsement did was it exposed Lecrae to like the white church at large as, and that's the thing about Christian culture, like people are not as down with like like y'all remember when passion of the christ came out Mm -hmm. y'all remember that yeah it seemed like every church was like on board but they came on board because gibson and them did such a good pr campaign to get into the pastors that that pastor endorsed to the congregation right and everybody's like we gotta buy tickets they purposely we gotta go oh yeah Yeah. they like deliberately went to pastors and said like hey we want you to play this for your congregation and then make them go see exactly and i remember i remember being like wait a minute is mel gibson a christian like He's like, Catholic, so yes. True, but like but, you, you don't expect these Protestant church right, leaders right to suddenly be like, "Let's go see let's the go movie see. made by the Catholic guy and his version." It is That'd the thrill great, of huh? seeing so, a celebrity, though, Mel Gibson being the celebrity, right? Kind of toe the line, and, and being like, "Yeah, he made a movie about Jesus. Jesus is cool. The celebrity did. It, We're right. on it board is, with it." It right. is so in, that is such an interesting dichotomy, though, to me, though. Yeah, is like as soon as like. Like we all say we love Christian film or like that we but as soon as like a celebrity gets on board We do. No, I'm just saying like we all no, we don't really like well anyway. <laughs> Who's we? <laughs> I'm just saying like it's it's so interesting to me, like like Chris Pratt just made this like thing at, at, at the MTV Awards. Oh, yeah. And right. then God is real. And then all right. the which you know, shouts to him, like not I'm not knocking him, but like all the Christians kinda get on. And I was like, was you on Chris Pratt during Moneyball? Like, was you on like that? Or was it like as soon as he, like, I don't understand it. Like, yeah, it's we, like, I we, think the more interesting ones are when they're like conflicting, what, like confusing ones when Shia LaBeouf was oh, kind of coming out right. Christian we call or that when the, Justin Bieber and everyone was like, yeah. Or even to me, yeah. <laughs> one of the more confusing, um, I just had a great example. I just, but yeah, but, but we'll hop on. Mm-hmm. When um, he's actually endorsed. a Christian. Yeah. Effect, yeah. yeah. Or, and this is more of a conservative, uh, conservative approach, but like, uh, like a Bradley Cooper in The Hangover, and people were like, "Why are you gonna see that stupid movie? We don't go see rated R movies." And then like American Sniper comes out, and then like Christians run to. I just don't understand that. I don't get it. Like I'm just like, well, you support this actor here, but you on the other side, you, I just don't. Oh, you're saying because. Wait, is Bradley Cooper a Christian? No, he's not a Christian, no, but, but like... he did this very, like, Sniper pro-USA, endorses which is very, sort of yeah. very closely tied with conservative evangelicalism. Right, and, and it, yeah. it, it's so confusing to me. I'm just like, well, wh- like, let's be at least philosophically... Like, consistent. Yeah. Consistent. <laughs> Can we be for real, like, across the board? Like, it's like this and this and this right. and this and but this. But then I'm loath to say that because then people are like, well, then we won't see any movies with Bradley. No, Cooper, I'm not you know? saying that. <laughs> yeah, no. no, I'm thinking, I like, yeah. it doesn't make sense because the standard is weird anyway. Right. So, well, keep going keep going to see movies, I guess, other right. than just like watching VeggieTales reruns the rest of your yeah. life. I think it's just marketing and just yeah. a way of saying this is safe and good and a way of like, especially for the very deeply 
conservative pockets of evangelical Christianity. It's sure. like you're actually supporting one of us, and he's a believer. Yeah. So there, there's a safety. Well, I think in a big part of it too is like, and we all do this in some respect, but Christians are really, really worried about thought control and making sure they're not seeing something. And they should be worried about thought control. <laughs> oh, I don't have no thought control, um, but they should be worrying about. You know, or they don't want to be able to hear bad words or to see sex because that's making you start see, to think about those that's things. That's still confusing to me because American Sniper had all of those things. Right, right. And so we don't go see movies because we don't want to like regress in our faith basically or like cause ourselves to sin right. unless it's supporting this already like very meager level of Christianity right. in public you know, media. And so then we're Good like, values. we'll boost it just because mm-hmm, it needs mm-hmm. it, you know, uh, to show them like, this is what we want to see. I the love theaters. when somebody uses the term like Christian, like they, we support Christian values. It's like, okay, be specific about what those values yeah, are. It's the same when people <laughs> like, say like what, biblical what, womanhood. And I'm like, like well, well, what are you talking there's about? There's a lot of different yeah. stuff just, there. Just say what you are trying to say. Yeah, it right. feels like a dog whistle sometimes. Oh, but we were talking about Lecrae aligning with John Piper way back when. Come on, redirect. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you better redirect. Because Let's I think you had something to say and I wanted to, to hear it. Yeah. Okay, so he gets he kind of gets uh, uh, into like the national lexicon by this endorsement of john piper which reached one of the apexes when he releases a song uh-huh. that's the name of john piper's book this is right. my jam this is my jam by the way don't waste your life oh my gosh this was my yeah. jam it's good is the thing the production is right on it the british dude that comes in on the second verse mm-hmm. It's so scripture heavy. Good. Yeah, his, his songs are so dense when you're like reading the lyrics and everything. Yeah, he's. Which I think is the benefit of doing rap. Often you get to just literally put more words right. in it than you, you any can other be song. Super so dense. You can be right. super specific and dense. But yeah, but he's very theologically dense a lot of the time. And they which is probably why Piper started to love him because he was like, oh, I recognize this. No, I'm this. sure. I'm sure there was some sort. I don't even know. I, I, I want to think that the Holy Spirit has something to do with that. Yeah, and, yeah. And that that was. I, I, I benefited from that relationship because I got to know I had such great resources in my hand. Like Lecrae, like mm-hmm. Tripoli, yeah. like Tadashi. And they're both pretty strict uh, Calvinists, which I think is how they kind of got connected right. in the first place, too. Lecrae, I'll just say it right off. <laughs> I I love him. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, uh, music aside, oh, as, yeah. a, as a person, right. just going through interviews, reading everything he said, reading his, reading his thoughtfulness, just his character, the way he talks on Breakfast Club versus the way he talks on Truth's Table mm. versus the way, like, yes. and his fluidity and all these. First of all, I don't envy his life for one millisecond. One second, yeah. What a horribly difficult thing to navigate. Mm. He must, and as great as his life may be and a successful career and doing good things, but it's like, what a exhausting way of like, you have to deflect when the breakfast club guys are like, we were out at the strip club last night. He's like, no, we weren't, you know, uh, and, or getting too heavy and, or like even videos we were watching where it's John Piper and some other guy, Ensor, John Ensor, where he has a song about his experience getting an abortion with his, uh, with his girlfriend at the time. And they're like, 
read this. And they put the words in front of him. Oh my gosh. And it's a very interesting. Oh, so uncomfortable. And even in that first video, (laughs) I sent it to Nathan too, where one of the first videos you see Piper in Lecrayon to begin with, it's very shoddily shot. It looks like John Piper's YouTube page. (laughs) And, And Lecrae is checking all the boxes and hitting all the points and kind of a dream of what an old school Calvinist theologically dense heavy preacher man would want a rapper to be mm. yeah. but at the same time he is great even yeah. in this stuff he's great oh wait but before you move on what they push forward is his own raps and then they tell him to rap for them like with no music or anything and just start it yeah this is which 2014 which is literally a scene from both Get Out and like sorry to bother you it's yes. just this idea rap, rap. rap now rap. Yeah. you know it, and it was oh so weird and like ugh. i used to i i used to dance a lot and when people told me like dance now i'll be like i i would feel like somebody would be like dance monkey yeah it right was here. as if he was like hey mm-hmm. piper do your sermon although yeah. it's just way more coded and like worse than that exactly. <laughs> but yeah, anyway so, that so, was uncomfortable it's very loaded so but yeah so his, uh, the album we decided before recording to talk about was one of his newest ones that came out in 2017, All mm-hmm. Things Work Together. This is the one where you kind of see where he is in his own spiritual evolution. Mm-hmm. And as alluded to in that fire intro at the beginning, uh, he... <laughs> you heard it. He's <laughs> taking the rap world by storm. <laughs> he he went through an evolution when the Ferguson shootings happened yeah. when Philando Castillo thing happened. And when he was speaking out about these social justice issues and about black issues, and he got shunned and discarded and pushed to the side or just dismissed mm. by evangelical, white evangelical leaders in positions of power. Piper wasn't one of them, by the way. By the grace of God. Yeah, but uh, but a lot of people where it's like, come do a rap at our conference. Come talk about abortion at this. Come, you know, do the song, man. And he found that his audience dwindled a little bit, and it is like in Millions. the grand scheme yeah. of things. Like, it's <laughs> right. fine. Yeah. No, but, we, but he took a hit. I, that's true. And then we're starting to see, and these last two years in American life have been so interesting like the internet is so powerful but it also gives everybody a voice and it gives everybody access to your life especially Mm -hmm. as a public figure so you know seeing him struggle with both being an african-american man who's loyal to hip-hop and to jesus and at the same time loyal to christians as the body of christ is crazy you know like i think the worst thing somebody could ever call you as an african-american man is like an uncle tom uh, and if we know anything about Harry Beecher, Beecher Stowe's book that Lincoln would say started the Civil War, the, at least the, the abolitionist uh, conversation about the Civil mm-hmm. War, Uncle Tom's Cabin, uh, Uncle Tom lives on the farm and he's loyal to the master, even though they're about to sell him down the, down the river. And it's just like it's like that. That's like the worst thing that someone can can call you is like you're a puppet for white people. Mm-hmm. And I could see, like, on that song, Facts, it's just, you know, he says, like, I hope, I just want to let y'all know that I'm black, black, like, like. Peace does not come before salvation, and, and salvation does not come without by truth. By the way, this is the intro to Facts. That is a, that is a sample from the Truth Table yeah, podcast. Yeah, yeah. Guys. Podcasts are real, bro. Lecrae loves podcasts. We're next. I wonder if he's, yeah. I Can you imagine it. the next album he puts out? It's a sample of you going, <laughs> Um, I'll read some of the lyrics before we listen to it. Sure. Because he says, this is, well, this is about how people think he's kind of like this shill for evangelicals. 
Um, and in one line, he said, you grew up hearing how the Black Panthers were terrorists. I grew up hearing how they fed my mom eggs and grits. I'll not oblige to your colonized way of faith. My Messiah died for the world, not USA. Mm. You want unity, read a eulogy, kill the power that exists up under and you and over me. And he goes on and on and, and kind of names these things. I'm like, what happened? Pretty rad. I mean, yeah. so this is his first major label release album. Mm-hmm. He put out on Columbia Records and I don't know the label he was on beforehand. His own personal label. Okay, so yeah. it's just Reach Records. Yeah. And and there's collabs with Ty Dollar Sign, mm-hmm. Tori Kelly. Tori Kelly, who's also a Christian, but not a Christian artist, an artist right. who is Christian. Went to school with her? What's that? Shut up. What's that? I went to school with her. Really? A word? Yeah. Tori she's Kelly. From yeah, she's from Murrieta, California. Wow. She escaped. Uh, you and her, look at you fame. and her now. Oh, I know. It was just two peas in a pod. We talk about it all the time. We text a lot. Oh, my gosh. Uh, yeah. So also, by the way, this is one of the more, I think the lyrics on this album, they're not watered down and they're not vaguer, but they are different from his previous. Well, coming out of the gate, I will say, I think some of his songs are awesome and some of them are kind of goofy mm-hmm. <laughs> in retrospect, because I think, and obviously I'd want your perspective on this more, but just like hip hop seems to thrive on certain themes over and over again. One of them is like misogyny, uh, for sure. Yeah. But then just like general boasting, but then also conflict. So the conflict that he goes to over and over again, and including on this album, is sin. Mm-hmm. So sin stuff is huge. He's a sinner, and like it's a very Calvinist. Like I'm, I'm low. I'm a worm. I'm blah blah blah. But and it is hilarious to see. It, it it it's almost an SNL sketch of like a Christian rapper where it's not like I got all these bitches. Yeah, so it's like, like everything's subverted. He's like, I see beautiful women around the world in sex slavery, and we need to release them. <laughs> like, yeah. stuff like that. It's oh, so or, amazing. Or yeah. just like there's a lot of like obviously in hip hop hip hop music, there's a lot of like gun themes and violence. Yeah, and that violence is always dictated towards like. Uh, using the gun that you have, which is the Bible, towards fighting sin. Yes, and that's always oh, yeah. like that's always a constant theme in him and a lot of people uh, who claim to be, I mean, who are Christian rappers, the records, which is great because truthfully, that's that's a theme in the Bible is using like the Word of God, the sword, to really to mm-hmm. really slay some of these demons yeah. in our lives. So I appreciate that, and I appreciate using this form, which I think you could say the same thing about like Christian punk bands and Christian, right. where where the same themes are like excesses or sex right. or misogyny right. in these different ways it's fine to hear those tools then pointed on like positive themes mm-hmm. and the things that they believe in and right. biblical stuff and jesus and whatnot or yeah. like i'm not boasting i'm boasting in christ right, actually. Right, right, yeah, right, like right, this right. is the closest i think to like a diss track basically and he's just talking about how like white evangelicals turn their back on him but he's gonna keep like fighting for social justice yeah and stuff. And like, oh, Ooh, that record man that's Facts. good that's it's it's so good it, you heard that he said he said he said people asking him you you should be more like king they forgot they shot him in the streets and i'm like dang that's for real like you know like the truth was like we celebrate martin luther king and it's like we have this sort of like fairy dust like view of him. Sure. But they killed that man. Yeah. They killed him in Memphis. A violent end. Yeah. Just murdered him. They tried they to set dragged, his house on fire. They dragged him down the steps in Birmingham, Alabama. Yeah. Like, 
They was like, yeah, we don't want your way of thinking. Right. It was, we, they didn't I, kill him because he was a polite, quiet man. And you be thinking like, oh, well, when was that? Like, like my mama was alive when yeah. that was happening. Like that, like, oh, that was must have been a hundred years ago, bro. That was like fifty years ago, sixty years ago. That's like, yeah. you know what I mean? So I think for all these reasons, like Lecrae is positioned so well mm. to be able to be conversant with these. T- Ty Dollar Sign is not by any stretch of the imagination a Christian artist, right? Or, but and he's con- I I don't know. And I was trying to look for he like got production on that album by Metro Boomin, which is on. Yeah. Which is on, um, what song is that? The song with 1K Few. Oh, Hammer Time. Yeah. Hammer Time. <laughs> Hammer Time. Hammer Time is great. I love it. I think my favorite is Come and Get Me. Come and Get Me. Come and Get Me. Broke. Broke is a good record too. So this is pretty, yeah. and he's nev- he was never, um, he was never not transparent about his life and personal about his life, but you almost see a lot of his evolution because I was listening to all the albums and prep for this. And there is an evolution of like, more like, here's what I believe and here's who I am and like the capital W, here's who I am. Oh yeah, this song is so good. I was going to say, I don't know what the secular opinion is on him. Quote, unquote, the secular. Like, well, like what the mainstream. People, I think people think he's got bars. People like him. Like, yeah. he's right? had, yeah. he's kind of like had friendship endorsements from like, and he talks about it from like Kendrick, Kendrick yeah. and yeah. like, and then like the game and, uh-huh. and things like that. So the truth is like people respect him for who he is. Bun B mm-hmm. is like cool with him and stuff like that. So like, I think people are like, you know, you got bars. You know, you can't doubt, like, my man, he's also, like, a lot of people don't know, know this, he's also a chaplain for a lot of, like, professional athletic teams, yeah, like the Atlanta Falcons, it. and, like, so he'll come in and, like, preach sermons at halftime. Wow. So it's like, don't even, like, or, like, before the game, so don't, like, 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 you know, the man walks like he talks, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's just that, like, I, going back to that same thing, is like, in the last two years, we've seen a, a, a monumental split in the philosophical opinions of evangelical Christians. Mm-hmm. We have... Well, it was just a, highlighted. Right. So uh, very strikingly. True. We yeah. have an endorsement for a politician that 20 years ago, if he was on the other side, they would just go crazy collectively. So and you see that with that you see that with black lives matter like just like these these big polarizing issues that have happened and then as a black man being caught in the middle of that who both has white friends in the christian space and black people as family members and friends Mm -hmm. in the non-christian space you find yourself kind of holding Cause you like you want to see race through the cross, like Jesus died for everybody, like Jesus died for me, Jesus died for that white man across the street, Jesus right. died for that Hispanic man, like like I see everybody through the cross just as Jesus does. But then you can't when you like seeing people like, well, all lives matter, and you're like, mm-hmm. yeah, but like, what about the dude they killed on Facebook Live? Like, yeah, hit me with like, like, but oh. definitely we care about that, right? <laughs> right? Yeah. Nah. Nah. Right. Uh, I, in Don't the video you, think- you sent me, uh, I was reading through like the comments that people were saying, and he was talking about Black Lives Matter, I think. And it was 
even black people, but of course a lot of white people being like, well, he's racist against white people now. And he's Christian. Like this is bringing more division than unity. Like we should all, God doesn't see color and stuff like that. Yeah, that's not that's whatever. not helpful. It's not <laughs> like helpful. It doesn't help the conversation. But I wonder. But it, he must be caught in the middle of that because he's probably seen as a messenger from both sides. I, from either community to the other. You know, and like this is what it's like. And so, yeah, like you said, that must be just be a very difficult tightrope to walk all the I time. And you think about like not many churches, especially mega churches, who have a lot of influence mm-hmm. across the country. White mega churches predominantly are pastored, even like nominally staffed. By black people very few yeah you know what i'm saying and so uh, the truth is like he says like do the math segregation started there first talking about talking about a church, church. Mm-hmm. and the truth of the matter is like we're still segregated so very much and and i don't think there's an end in sight because people don't really want to cross the divide i'm not and that's not just talking about white people let's talk about everybody mm-hmm. spanish people don't want to go to asian church asian people don't want to go to black sure. church black people don't want to go to like well, no i was gonna ask you how kind of thinking about Lecrae's story and, and the stuff he's gone through and the shift in his career. How it resonated with you where I've known you predominantly through... White churches. A white church. Right. Right? Where it's like the staff is predominantly white. I don't right. know. I think the racial makeup is slightly different from when we first met right. eight or nine years or whenever right. it was. But... So me and me, me and my wife came to LA. We never thought that we'd be a part of like a predominantly white church. Mm-hmm. Like we thought that we'd go to a storefront and be the young people that will help out like a just a storefront hundred people church. Like we never thought that we just wanted to get in a good Bible based church, create good community and really, you know, do that. We we found ourselves in reality probably by the grace of God, but at the same time, like uh yeah, I mean that has always been something that has been of concern to me is in a city as diverse as Los Angeles, that the church that I would go to will reflect especially the staff, the people we minister to, will reflect that. I also understand that those type of things are difficult to do, primarily for this reason. Uh, white churches usually don't have a pipeline that they can come from or grab from. They say they do, but they usually don't. So, uh, And what I mean by pipeline is like a theological pipeline that they can, theologically like same thought pipeline that they can grab from. Usually black churches and white churches from a theological base usually have two separate ideals on a lot of things, uh, ministry practices, ministry philosophy. And so what happens is they try white churches. What they try to do is grab these young black men, mm-hmm. grow them up in the church, foster them up and then put them on their staffs. Though That usually can work. It's just a long process. So you're seeking diversity but this is going to take a long time. Because if they're adults by the time they make it there, then they might differ too much to be able to be compatible with Correct. what the... Well, whatever, whatever, even ministry philosophy, per se. Yeah. This is the bad part is because sometimes when black people get on staff, you know, so there's, a, there's a little bit of a tokenism in that. Like, we just want you to come up, do a few announcements, satisfy the congregation at large mm-hmm. that we are hitting this quota so that, like, y'all y'all get off our back when really you know to see real change you have the black person the spanish person the asian person all on staff and that might mean sacrificing some of uh some of these white people on staff so i think not specifically talking about the church that i attend but churches across the country i see that there is not as much representation 
in these mega churches because I think uh, people people really don't want it, and it and it's hard. It's hard. Diversity is hard. Super hard. It's messy. It's not clean. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you went to a Drake concert. Wait, is that disqualifying? <laughs> That's ex- exactly. You know what I'm saying? Is that disqualifying? <laughs> you know, when something pops off, like, uh, you know, let's say tomorrow, LAPD shoots a black man down, cold blood. There's going to be a national conversation about that. And if that black person uh, is coming from where I'm coming from, where a lot of black people come from, that person is going to have an opinion about that. And that p- opinion might be incredibly differing from what the staff may be yeah uh, there's a good podcast called uh and not to plug another podcast but please <laughs> uh, more I'll competition share a moment or two. good grief it's called love thy neighborhood and they uh it's it's great it's these people out of louisville and they they're talking about gentrification and prison and homosexuality and all of things how the church response to it and how you should kind of like what is what does it look like and it's amazing but along with that they have this conversation with the with a black man who went before a uh congregation and talked about racism and afterwards people came up to him and and they were very divisive they weren't like oh man thank you so much for bringing that to my attention it was just like i wish we just didn't have to talk about this <laughs> and it's just like it's interesting to me it's like the truth is like I'm coming to terms with this, and as I, and I, I'm aware of who I'm speaking to, so I apologize if I'm being offensive, but I, I think there is an aspect about white and black culture, truthfully, because white is the status quo, when we ask white people, Oscar so white, you know, Black Lives Matter, you know, immigration reform, blah, 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 I think we're asking them to replace the status quo, and in that, I don't think a lot of white people care. And so we're asking them to change their priorities. And I, sometimes I just don't think white people care that much. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I think, you know, this is great for a hashtag every now and again. But to have a real conversation ongoing all the time, I think it gets a little tiring to white people. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know. And I think a lot of people don't realize, like what you were saying about not doing the thing of just mere cosmetic placation of, well, we had... What's her name? Do the announcements, or what's his name? Said a prayer after right. worship set one. But stuff like, well, I'll I'll use a real example. Like Charlottesville happens. Mm-hmm. If you don't have a person in the mix mm-hmm. on staff or in an elder board where they can say, "Oh, this is huge," and you guys need to understand this, and you may not have felt it on a visceral level, so I want to tell you how I felt it. Yeah, mm. and there's people in your congregation that like need to be healed and soothed from right. this too, and you can't just worry about it being political because it's broken. Right. Yeah. So certain things can get yeah. missed like that. So it really isn't just like we want to look like a rainbow, but it it has to do with substance and mm. content more right. than. More than just like the picture they show where it says sign up, you know, or whatever the case may be. I think I was reading someone, uh, I think one of our listeners was talking about uh, this and I was reading and I was, what's it called? Peeping on them? That's not the one. Stalking? Insta-stalking? Yeah, a little bit. Um, (laughs) But they were talking about how uh, like mainline uh, Protestant Christian churches, like your, maybe your Presbyterians or your more like old, old 
Protestant churches, their idea of sin was talking about like societal sin. Mm-hmm. So like oppression and racism and things like that. But a lot of the time our newer Protestantism with our mega church was a lot about like individual sin. And so I think it made it a lot easier for white people to be like, well, I didn't do anything racist. Right. So it's not my sin to deal with, you know, like I didn't do anything so we don't have to worry about this as a church, basically. Right. Instead of understanding, like, no, this is a society-wide thing we all have to deal with and reckon with mm-hmm. in some way. Yeah, I think it's just going to take people of faith to kind of step up and be brave. I think I've been a little bit of a coward with it. I need, I need to be a little bit more vocal. I want to see reconciliation. I just don't know if society at large, if the evangelical Christianity at large wants to see that same reconciliation. I think we want the status quo. I think we want things to stay the same. And change is hard, super hard. Yeah, what's that quote that's like, for the majority, equality always feels like oppression? Because mm. you do have to see Equality looks like oppression to privileged people. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah because you're going to have to cede some of your control or cede some of these positions on your staff to someone that needed a job, but they'll need to step down and that kind of stuff. So yeah, yeah, it's a, it's not Barack Obama had a famous quote, like my, my, uh, Malia, get out of here. I, I said, (laughs) I've worked to do. Oh, there it is. (laughs) (laughs) Obama, put some WD-40 on that door. It's so creaky. (laughs) Michelle, that's, it's not a door. That's my voice. <laughs> um, no, he said, uh, I'm, I forget the quote, but he's basically saying your freedom doesn't have to come at the cost of mine. And I don't know how true that is sometimes. I think if we have more academy members, specifically because for whatever reason our society is so concentrated on Hollywood, but Hollywood, you know, the Me Too movement starts here pushes its way to all industries so we're so thankful for something like that happening you know what i'm saying oscar so white starts the conversation here pushes its way to well maybe my whole staff is white type of thing so i'm so thankful for that but like i think if we're gonna see real change happen across the country to see equality in all things i think there is going to need to be some people that see control over things that's hard Mm -hmm. you know because if there if there's 10 directors nominated for best director or 10 you know what i'm saying if there's 10 directors nominated for best director and then there's 20 of them that are caucasian in the pool 10 of them that are african-american there's somebody somebody's gonna get left out you know what i'm saying i used to have a conversation sorry to move on to another point i used to have a conversation with people in my school back at ucf and this girl she had a very she's very anti uh, affirmative action and she was like my friend didn't get into this university because he was white and these other people got into this university because they were black and then i was like well did he get into a university somewhere and she was like, well, yeah, but that's not the point. And I was just like, I was boggled. My mind was boggled. I was just like, so I don't understand yeah. what the problem is. He didn't get into Harvard. He got into Yale. But he really wanted to go to Harvard. Sure. <laughs> okay. Like, complain? But yeah. he started quietly singing, we shall <laughs> Well, I think, I think even with that idea, too, when people get upset about these things, there's this idea there's like a false scarcity about like, right. there's only 10, you know, 10... Oscars who gives a shit you know but like there's only 10 positions and he took one or whatever it's like no there's a million universities there's a million places you could be there isn't scarcity like there's plenty of room you didn't get in UCLA so let him have it yeah so now you go to USC (laughs) 
<laughs> or you go to well, UCLA. Well, that is a real, that is a bad mm-hmm. news. Yeah, I'm going Whoa, to UCLA. Hey, if you go to USC, I'm so sorry. Oh, oh, that is really actually a tragedy. Or you, I mean, you don't go to, you don't go to, you don't go to Dartmouth, but you go to Brown. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. You didn't, you weren't able to get the Silicon Valley job that you the thought you, you would get. Yeah, it's like, come yeah. on, man. Like, and, they, and like, and also you don't even know that. Like exactly. that's, it's also just unprovable. Exactly. That that's now, I mean, there have been court cases you know, that people so, have yeah. searched, but like really like seriously, like our universities are overwhelmingly white across the board. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so if, a, so you, you want to help out, get on board with it, you know, you know, board with it. Like, okay, them, cool. Yeah. Help them get in. I didn't get to go to, whatever I'm <laughs> this is a big go-to in la too where people's agents and managers when they don't book stuff mm. they'll say well they went down. like if you're a tv writer right. yeah and you this. went out and you sent your packet to whatever well they want it with a black writer you know what i'm saying yeah they they will say oftentimes agents and managers to cover their ass will say well they they went diverse this year rather than like well you just wasn't that good <laughs> or whatever the case may be right so then that inge- that that mm. level of management covering yeah. their asses and genders like a hostility with anyone yeah. that's not white that's getting jobs and, but yeah. i can see how a bitterness would be formed with white people if you heard that you know right which is why it's on us to be like no that's not true switch the i and e better better not bitter yeah, he says that a lot. That's kind of his he said thing. He twice. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> in the in the album. He says it in interviews too, I think. It's I, I want to talk about well, there's only so many words. I want to talk about Can't Stop Me Now. Which had one of I think one of my favorite hooks in the in the whole that's album. Good. That's a good hook. Which I I wouldn't listen to this immediately and say, This is my favorite, because it seems like a dirge, like uh, like it uh-huh. just seems like a sea shanty uh-huh. and you're seasick <laughs> right it's like a rocky uh, it feels like a New Orleans funeral band yeah it's like walking through the street slower hey all those feelings of depression and doubt you gotta tell them go away yeah this song is about you gotta sing it out so he opens up pretty yeah. wide about he. So after this stuff, he speaks about Michael Brown and all these shootings, and he gets depressed by the way people shun him or mistreat him, or and that kind of leads to his what he would call a divorce from white evangelicalism. But it depressed him, and he felt suicidal, and he wanted to end it all. And he talked about that in interviews, and they put it down in. His I mean, song. I kind of felt the same way, bro. Like yeah. as soon as like that stuff started to happen, I had to like. I'm never getting on Facebook again and, like, having a conversation about anything because, like, it's not even worth it. Like, the entire campaign, I was just looking at people and I was just, I don't understand how. I don't get it. I don't understand. Mm -hmm. I remember when I was 12 years old, when I was going to my man, the Bible study on a Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. One time they had a George W. Bush rally at my church. Specifically, at, specifically for him, and Jeb had come down to, to sort of like, <laughs> to get people clapping already, get people yeah. to kind of settle down. <laughs> to get it was little... the cooler, yeah. <laughs> and uh, like to like, and I remember thinking the campaign at that time was he supports Christian values because mm-hmm. you remember we're coming off a of Monaco whiskey at this time. This is like two thousand ninety nine, ninety nine two thousand. We're coming off Monica Lewinsky, coming off, you know, the president lying under oath X, Y, and Z. So it's just, 
it just boggles my mind. Mm-hmm. I just don't understand it. And I'm sorry for viewers out there, listeners, if you disagree with me. But like seriously, I love to have a dialogue. With you. I I just do not understand it. I don't get it. It's it's so philosophically inconsistent. And so now you see like okay, not only is this man speaking racist rhetoric, but he's also speaking like immoral stuff like boldly not like boldly not innuendo or like oh that was kind of and then people are like people are like yeah still support him i'm just like what i don't want like my brain is like melting i don't get it court though it it is i think that was what it was it was like a transactional politics that's the republican it's or it's the liberal but her emails or what is it it's the equivalent but her emails of like the good reason Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, those are both, yeah, Republican talking points. But yeah, but it was right. about like, well, oh, yeah, we'll tolerate. It. You know, I don't. And the reason I only, only reason I talk about this is because I think as black people, as minorities, you find yourself in the crosshairs. Like, you just go like, but I don't understand. And I think sometimes over the last year and a half, I've gone, if I was white, I would understand. But I'm not, so I don't. And I've had to resolve at that. If I was white. I would understand. You would understand what's happening politically, or you're saying on a. I would. Level. I would understand how to empathize with people who don't see the same way that I see, because I would be able to see through the eyes of you know I live in a rural town, my jobs here in West Virginia and Tennessee and Alabama, Georgia have evaporated. The plant is gone. The coal mine is out of here. This guy's coming up, promising to restore. A bunch. I've had this black man coming up pushing social justice agendas down my throat for the last eight years. Mm-hmm. I would love to see us return to an America that was great. Mm-hmm. I would. I could. If I was white, I could understand. I could even identify with that. Right. But when I hear "Make America Great Again," it take it makes me feel like, oh, we're going to a past place. I know it's bad. Yeah. Or like the fifties, like that's right. It's maybe like re- part of yeah, the code. Like let's you, regress. Let's regress. Like oh, y'all remember when America was great when we was hanging? It was hanging great Negroes? for white people. Yeah. It's like like no, nah, I don't remember. What's the best time to be a black man tomorrow? You know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> oh, I always think about because uh, sometimes it's like a fun road trip question. Like if you could time travel to any time <laughs> yeah, which period, decade what would, would it you be? Want to live and, in? and I always say, well. I can answer this. No one else can in the car or whatever. Like it's a fun white guy question because exactly. you're good, right? No matter what, right? Yeah. But for anyone else, it's it's bad. Yeah. And so so did that affect your faith during that time? It affect like I had to compartmentalize my faith because uh, my Christian communities, like you know, again I travel a lot for work mm-hmm. and I travel a lot for work back to the south. I had to have a real reckoning. I'm like, oh, a lot of people probably that I work with probably voted a different way sure. than I did. It, which is fine. Like that's fine. That has nothing to do necessarily with a person knowing Jesus. It's just hard because again, I, I don't see how that's philosophically consistent with what I, I learned growing up as what a how to vote for quote unquote Christian values. And so it, it just confused me a lot. And then I, I realized that, oh, it's not about Jesus. It's about jobs, money, what this candidate is promising, which is fine. If that, you know, if you say, hey, I, I put Jesus to the side, I voted because I voted for this person because he promised higher wages, lower taxes, smaller government, mm-hmm. uh, tougher on immigration and war and all these type of things. OK, I can understand your. But like when you say, like, I voted for this person and I think he's a 
close this is who god would want me to vote for i i just i can't that's why i think it's so strange that anyone would be baffled offended or confused by lecrae's drifting or shifting away from white evangelicalism because it's like what else would you do (laughs) well like what else are you yeah i'm with them the 81 percent that voted the yeah those are my my guys but i think because he was in those spaces with piper and the other guys and he was blessed by the old old white gatekeepers right that's like well this is part and parcel right but i appreciate especially too because have you found in your experience that there's like cultural, like ethnic stigmas around talking about depression or suicide? Absolutely. Like, uh, you know, we collectively as a people don't usually reach out for mental health. You know, it's just, it is something that is stigmatized. Um, you know, to hear him, I mean, maybe not as of late as much, but I think as a culture, we, we just struggle with a lot of things. Um, I read this quote by Donald Glover who said, the reason that a lot of black people smoke weed is because they have everyone has PTSD from racism, and that's how they all deal with it. Which I thought was bro. The, mo- the number of times I've been told, like, like, <laughs> I mean, you can dance. You're black, right? You went to college for free because you're black, right? Like, you think we just come out the womb and get free college and free lunch and just like it's just like here's the freedom because your skin is black like you know it's that's not how it works bro you know so yeah i mean or just like side eye racism like oh my gosh like you're cute for a black guy like i would never like take you home and stuff i mean he's real cute and all but he's just like jamal you know what i mean right Hmm. No, I, I don't know what you mean, Sarah. Yeah, so just that all day, all the time. It's like, yeah, get depressed. I mean, Gosh. especially when, you know, like white people are the gatekeepers at a status quo. So if there's a company you want to work for, more than likely a white person work for it, and they're the gatekeeper. Mm-hmm. So you got to tone down your blackness. I mean, we want Jamal, but he's we don't want him to be too black. We want him to, you know, you know what I mean, right? Use your white voice on the phone. Yeah, I mean, so as you guys can see, I'm black, but like... The the truth is I'm not like really black. I'm just like I'm like Barack Obama black, not fifty cent black. You know what I mean, right? Yeah, guys, let's go hacky sack. Yeah. Like that's what oh, people dang. want. I do love to hacky sack. <laughs> but that's, that's racist so right. that you would say that <laughs> no. we love to hacky sack. How <laughs> dare y'all hacky, you say hacky sack, bro? I'm so aware of like how nasally I sound now. <laughs> do you hacky sack? I just don't want you know, it yeah, there is I I completely agree with that. Yeah. But we don't reach out a lot for uh mental health yeah it struck me that he talked about this too because yeah there's the layer of that and then there's a layer of just being christian where you're supposed to pray away your sadness and that kind of thing Mm. or like you know there's always deep joy in god so don't worry about it and so it was cool to hear him say like yeah i used to take a lot of xanax and i would numb out and i would drink and Mm -hmm. that's how i dealt with stuff and then talk about like i'm dealing with my depression it's kind of cool and that's what's interesting too is like on this album i don't i don't think lecrae I don't think he believes anything significantly different than before mm-hmm. right. on, his, on his previous albums. I think he is less intense about it, though. Do you know what I mean? Like mm. before, when he's quoting Isaiah and he said, like, you got to kill yourself. You well, know? and I think he's probably just, maybe in the beginning, he just had to establish himself of like, this is why I'm different. This is what mm. I'm trying to say. This is why. This is why. This is why. This is why. Mm-hmm. Probably to keep doing that. And now he's like, okay, now you all know what I am and what I do. Now I'm going to tell you about my personal stuff. 
where it gets messier and where it's not so theologically neat or things like that. Right. He doesn't have to assume that he's talking to an audience who doesn't know who he is yeah. anymore. He, he did a similar thing that a lot of like post-Christian artists did where he's like, I do hip hop and I'm a Christian. I don't mm. do Christian hip hop or mm-hmm. I don't do Christian rap or something. Right. Yeah. 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 The I mean, I feel like, the yeah, they all, everybody, yeah. I feel like, especially once they get to a, the hard thing is when the church is paying the bills, it's difficult. Yeah. It's super difficult because you got to kind of toe that company line because as soon as, you know, but then now Lecrae has reached a certain status. Yeah, gonna- he says he feels free. Uh, in that Truth Table interview I listened to, and he was so, I really encourage people, I know we mentioned on the podcast before, but I encourage people to check out the interview. That's yeah, a good interview. Because he said, one, I had to work through my misogyny about even listening to you guys. Not about, like, women's issues. And, like, you know, the thing Beth Moore would talk about, but just about anything. Mm. I had to work through that to be able to, like, hear you guys, like, speaking wisdom and truth in this space before I could even receive it. And and he was talking about, like, now he's in this place where he does feel free. And I think the kind of... And maybe this is a projection, but the, <laughs> there was a rare interesting youtube comment underneath that john piper vlog video from like 2010 or 11 or whenever it was where he does his eyes are kind of darting around and and it does seem like he's trying to please someone more so than this is who i am this is who lecrae is like it seems more like he's just trying to stay in the lane and check the boxes and now he says like i feel free and and i think this whole album which is 14 songs long you could probably lose two of those songs Yeah, probably lose Hammer Time. Well, nah, that's the jam. <laughs> really? Hammer Time. Dude, he got a Metro boom. Future's coming on? <laughs> if Young Metro told, trust you, I'm going to shoot you. What would, uh, that's what a would, dope track. What would you guys lose? If Young Metro, I don't trust you. Um, this is not a good answer to your question, but I do like that he mentions Harambe and Always New. Yeah. Oh, so. yeah, Harambe gets a shout <laughs> out. I love you till you're gone like Harambe. I thought of you immediately. <laughs> Good old Harambe joke. Yeah, I think, and then he's plugging two of his artists on this album. With Did you guys like his? Oh, sorry, I just interrupted you. No, you good. So in this, so who's singing the hook on this is one of his artists named One K Few, who's he's dope. But he, you know, he's coming out as kind of this Atlanta melodic tone singing, rapping type of scene that we've seen happen through Ray Shrimmer and Future and a lot of other acts that like have a, a little bit more of a melodic tone over these sort of trap beats. And uh, with Metro Boomin's Atonvu, things like that. Mm-hmm. Migos type of deal. It's like yeah. sing songy. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's heavy 808s, heavy, heavy hi-hats. Um, and I, I think the song, I, I personally think that's one of the best songs on the album. This is Hammer Time. Hammer Time. Yeah, that's good. What do you guys think of the single, I'll Find You, with Tori Kelly? Yeah, I was going to ask. This is the most streamed song ever of his. from him. Yeah. Ever. Mm-hmm. So it was probably on one of Really? The- yeah, yeah dude. 30 mil. This yeah. song? Yeah. This I mean, is the one. It's good, but, you know. I, I would recommend people not watch the music video. It's like, Man. it's so straight across the plate. I know. I watched it, and I was like, oh. And it makes and the it song smaller. <laughs> yeah. And it's cool. It's a children's hospital well, thing. the song is written about a friend who got cancer, yeah. and he lost him to it. And this is it's a sweet song. But yeah. It's a sweet song. It, it kind of felt like... Um, you know, when Wiz Khalifa came and Charlie Puth got together, or it kind of yeah. felt like that type of jam. Yeah, it's like yeah. this this rapper that could like super rhyme, and then the singer that's gonna hit that melodic tone, and so he's gonna hit 
you know, I'm sure he was playing on, yeah. you know, Kiss FM. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'm sure this oh, song was ever, it. you know what I'm yeah. saying? You got this, I'm sure this, over. yeah, mm-hmm. you get that crossover. So keep getting them checks. I'm not, I'm not hating at all. Get your money. Yeah. Get your money. You know what I'm saying? And so that might have paid for the entire you album. They recorded four songs together and this is the only one that made sense. Really? The rest were Amy Grant rest. covers. <laughs> put the rest, put that out as a short EP. <laughs> put it out. Go on a tour together. 828, the kind of the title track. So this is referring to Romans 828. Yes. All things work, work together. together for good for yeah. those that love him or are called according to his purpose. I like the way he broke this down in interviews because he said everyone understands what that means. Because like, uh, uh, what was one of the word pictures he used? Like, if you have eggs, you have butter, you have flour. They're not great by themselves, but if you refine them, put them through heat, and then you can make delicious cookies or whatever Uh, yeah but then there's like an advanced cakes cookies maybe a pie (laughs) welcome to cake Uh, church tv (laughs) church cake church it's all good baby oh man i'd love cake (laughs) church anyway sorry yeah but then there's like a more uh it's like a (laughs) i don't know what you call it like a level up read where it's like oh if you finish the end of the verse and the fact that i think he does successfully communicate both ideas at the same time. Yeah, like the it's basic not like, oh, I'm trapping you into listening to Christian right. song. Yeah. And it's not a gotcha still, uh-huh. where it's like, you can connect. If you don't care about Jesus at all, you can connect with this. But if you do, maybe there's a little more here for you, but you're not going to feel mm. pushed against, excluded, or marginalized if you don't personally identify. Um, I did... Uh, cry at the last song Goodness. on the album. Wow, really? I thought the last song, and maybe especially after listening to his previous albums so much, that maybe the this last song almost felt like kind of a relief, like you're still worth it. It's just a stain. Mm. And I know we even like on this podcast have trouble talking about like sin or our relationship to sin. A lot of times it's hard to contextualize. What does that mean? Does it feel antiquated to even like identify with these things? But even still, we can acknowledge that there's things about us that we wish were different or better and virtues we still aspire to. So like the the guest singers, Kira Sheard and Jawan Harris, saying like, it's just a little stained. You're still worth it. And Jesus still loves you. It's, It's still more about like, it's not like, I suck and I'm a worm, but God's good. It's like, hey, it, it, again, it's like a little chilled out from his earlier. Like, mm-hmm. it's just a little stain. Yeah. Don't worry about it. You're good. God's good. Whatever. So I really appreciate it. It kind of took me by surprise. I listened to the whole thing in one long Sitting. car trip on, on the five. And, and this was, uh, yeah, gave me chills, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that. He's. I mean, his albums always feel like podcasts to me. Like they just feel like a the highest compliment. <laughs> <laughs> they How just so feel like. Mean? A, I mean, There's they a lot always of feel like. In it? Yeah, I always like to listen to them. Like unlike a like when a Bruno Mars album drops, you're just like, okay, I, I can I can play this in snippets. It's a collection. Yeah, of songs. it's a collection of songs. With him, I always feel like he's trying to communicate a message over these 15, 14, 13 songs mm. thematically. And so I'm going to sit here and just kind of like, I can't even listen to, it was kind of the same way I felt when I was listening to Hamilton. Like people were just like, oh, you got to listen to Hamilton. And I turn it on. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I, it's not one thing that you can just like turn on and turn yeah, off. You, you got to sit in it, mm-hmm. the whole story. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And that, that's kind of how it feels. Like you feel like you're listening to like an audio experience. experience. Yeah. 
and he, he really does craft right those. he like, crafts the, the album together yeah. Well, let's get to our final judgments about Lecrae and all things work together. The way this works, AC. Talk to me. We're going to give it a holy roast or a holy toast. Holy toast is a thumbs up. We love it. And we're going to send it all the way to heaven where the angels will be toasting it forever. Or holy roast. We send this album to hell. To hell. <laughs> Bro. That work on the sound design. <laughs> Shout right. out! To it's the like s- it's like a Lecrae album. It's right? like a, it's like yeah. it's for real. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Oh, you killed it! <laughs> nah. You're doing nah. so good. Nah. Nah. <laughs> you were doing so good. Nah, there's a picture. The picture of uh, Chadwick like oh, just over the death it. and his just just over. Just <laughs> over it. Just over it. I don't think Michael B. Jordan do it. <laughs> He's just uh, over it. Poor buddy. Poor poor, listen, yeah. man. Oh, I listen. mean, no, poor him. He's Keep getting them checks, though. Keep getting them checks. Just well, fine. we don't know. We don't know if he's, he's doing just hero. fine. He's a hero. All right. We turn to Caroline for Roaster Toast. Sorry, I was just thinking of Movie Church's award season. It would be really great. Most popular Movie Church award. <laughs> Best Kirk Cameron performance in a <laughs> yeah. Kirk Cameron movie. Nope. <laughs> not allowed. Man, uh, how could I not give a holy toast? It's a great album. Mm. Oh my gosh, it's so fun to listen to music that's good. And <laughs> sorry, that's uh, that's but that's a true thing I have to say. Yeah, and I think beyond just I agree with him politically, but I just I'm also amazed by uh, the courage it takes to kind of turn on all these people that supported you, maybe mm. even kind of like helped you get to where you were and to financially. Like, yeah, and yeah. be like, okay, I'm probably gonna lose some fans. I'm gonna lose. I'm gonna have people harassing me on Facebook every damn day about mm-hmm. this. But I'm gonna be honest, and I'm not going to be the Uncle Tom or whatever mm. and just like embrace this and take care of the people that, that really were there for me since the beginning who've mm. known me since I was Lecrae and so I respect that and beyond that like just the lyrics are really beautiful and well crafted and the music is fun and Caroline's singing the Harambe lyrics <laughs> yeah I'm just kind of like running through my mind a lot uh, and then Come and Get Me was the one where I really started to like I could not I couldn't sit still no. it was great um, so Holy Toast Love holy Lecrae. toast from yeah. Caroline. We turn to AC. Uh, Got to give it a holy toast. You feel uh, I've replayed that song "Facts" probably a hundred times. That's your number I, one on the album. Yeah, "Facts," uh, "Hammer Time." You know, I like I like deep seated album cards that don't make it to radio. Usually, that's how I test a hip hop album. Was like, okay, what are all these tracks that didn't make it to the radio? Like, mm. are these are these the are they ones still that quality? Mm-hmm. Are they still mm-hmm. that quality? Like, mm. you know, they they just didn't push it to radio, and that's why it didn't get on. You right, know what I'm right, right. But facts is just like, you know, you I I see where he's going post to pimp a butterfly post uh, J Cole's you know for your eyes only. Uh, in 2014, Forest Hill Drive, and seeing where Lecrae finds himself in the midst of hip-hop and making an album in the midst of that political sort of turmoil post-Church Close 3, which is kind of, this is like a continuation of that for me. That's what I feel like. His his mixtape that he put out before this. It makes me so proud to be a Christian and a black man to hear this record because I feel like as both sometimes, especially sometimes a person who makes content for, for Christians sometimes, you feel like you have to toe the company line. And he just was like, listen, I'm black. This is who I am. I don't care what y'all got to say. If y'all going to leave me, y'all going to leave me. Bye. I'm about to re- make this record. And I, mm. and I applaud that. Mm. I really is this do. your number one of his? Or? 
I really like Church Close 3 a lot, man. Yeah. I really like that record. I thought there were so many great things on there. I mean, even though it's like a it's technically a mixtape, mm-hmm. like but he, he 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 dropped it in the middle of the night. I was like flying to somewhere. I don't even know where I was going and I was like <gasps> There's a new Lecrae album on on Spotify. That's that's always the best gift, oh. you know. When they when your favorite artists just put a new album out because you yeah. just want to. Um, and then I just I listened to it over and over again. But this was this was a great follow up. And his follow up after this was Let the Trap Say Amen, which is a dual album between him and a a, a, a producer in Atlanta named Zaytoven, who does things for Migos and Future and Usher and all that type mm-hmm. of stuff. So, yeah, I'm oh, sorry. I'm holy toast. Oh, you're good. Yeah. Take it. Toast it to the top. Uh, what if I give it a holy roast? <laughs> you can do it. No, I have to give Kick this to a holy toast and make it a unanimous holy toast from the Good Christian Fun Podcast. Hey. Man, I, I'll just speak it to it to my experience, which is just hearing about and not really engaging with Lecrae's stuff, except for in the periphery and hearing other people. Like one of my first times was hearing about a group of people from reality like yeah we're going to the lecrae concert i was like really <laughs> a christian rapper like i truly didn't uh i didn't really I, have I've any probably been a 10 of his shows bro yeah oh my god he can put on a show yeah bro as he's the first two times i saw him in orlando it was like in a sweat box it was and then now i've seen him probably four times in la and they're all like the production is huge yeah and it's like, that's awesome. Dude. I mean, I mean, it, for a club show, I mean, he ain't doing like he does arenas. Staples, but, yeah, he ain't doing staples. Yeah. He ain't like at the forum and it's like a cube <laughs> yeah. down the middle. He ain't Kanye, right? But you know, I agree. I think um, something I've experienced a lot from the beginning of my faith is sometimes people talk about Christianity and the Bible and Christ and God and the relationship to Him, and sometimes those things are really. Um, kind of hollow or they sound like talking points or for whatever reason there's something instinctual inside of me that's like i don't believe you or Mm. i don't think this is true not putting a judgment on that person but just for whatever reason i don't believe that person in the the moment and then there's some people who can articulate it and contextualize it to them in a personal way and communicate where it's like wow i believe that this is true and beautiful and lovely and for me listening to these albums and this album as well the last couple of weeks lecrae is one of those guys where it's like oh maybe being a christian is awesome <laughs> maybe christ rocks christianity rocks jesus rocks and and one of those guys where it's like it doesn't feel like a compromise or a negotiation where it's like the way he sees and beholds this text and the way he he's smart as hell mm. and able to like craft these dense beautiful lyrics and have these great hooks and stuff and especially in this album and being able to be conversing with both both kinds of audiences i think it's pretty unparalleled and i think for most of this podcast when we cover nostalgia stuff and stuff from like the 90s or early 2000s or even 80s stuff and we see how contemporary christian music has evolved i think lecrae is exactly i don't know if it's the christian music star people deserve but it is the one they need Mm. i think so i'm very very grateful for his existence and the existence of this stuff even when i don't align with everything one for one especially on the older stuff where i'm like whoa chill out buddy so thanks for using a marvel quote what's that for that what was the marvel is that batman yeah batman's a marvel character no 
Oh, Lord. Oh, oh goodness shit. gracious. <laughs> From a number one Marvel fan. How this, embarrassing. This is like when you thought Jack Allen was Mr. Whitaker. <laughs> All right, but we're not the final word on this. You're the final word, dear listener. So go to at Christian Funpon on Twitter. Give it a holy roast, holy toast. Or for some reason, if you want to put it in purgatory, you can put it in. The space between. <laughs> Get out there. <laughs> and. Pokemon go to the polls. <laughs> and we'll be right back with more good Christian fun. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. (laughs) What we didn't do, you said brand manager. I'm not a brand manager. Oh, no. We'll cut it out. Okay. No, we'll come back from commercial, and I'll say, correction. Creative director, producer. Creative director, producer. Creative director, producer. Okay. Welcome back to Good Christian Fun. Hey, we got a good Christian correction coming your way. Rebuke us. We got rebuked by our guests, and we deserve it. By the greatest daddy in the room, A.C. Sanford. (laughs) A.C.'s not a brand manager. He's a creative producer. Creative director and producer. Son of a gun. You got to be creative to be a producer, though. You do have to be creative to be a producer. You got close. I would argue that I'm still correct. (laughs) I'm not wrong. And no one can make me. Technically wrong. Okay, but let's let's wind things down. Let's get into... Slurping. Slurp, slurp. Angelica. What is that? That's Hamilton, bro. That's Hamilton, bro. Listen to Hamilton. That is such a good record. I'll get there. All right, y'all feel that? We're dimming the lights. This sounds like the pastor's coming back on, or he, the band just came back on stage. That's which exactly is such a, the vibe. an interesting mm-hmm. transition. And so you maybe you don't band. understand what I've been saying for the last 45 minutes, but God Woo! is calling you. Yes. To know him. Come on. Band, if you could come back on, listen, and the oh, band's going to start to play. Oh I know, and they're always trying to like, <laughs> they're trying to check their instruments. I have a friend who said they got anxiety every time the pastor would go up in that last thing, because you're just waiting for when he to like jump up there. You know? <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> and I, I know where you're at, everybody, all eyes closed. Mm. If somebody could just raise their hand, if you feel Jesus calling you. No, no, all eyes closed. I'll be like, is all the eyes closed? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Someone from the back. My bad. And they'll be like, thank you, I see you. Thank you, thank you, I see you. Thank you, thank you, I see you. It's like, did somebody really? I love doing, I, I love uh, doing a pastor ambling thing. That's like my favorite thing to do on this show every once in a while. Oh, yeah. When music is playing. Uh, and I get be, people hyped up. Because you know the rhythms and cadences. You can say anything. Yeah, it's, it's so great. hard. Yeah, dude. That's, that's one part of like being. A, nah, just like my border. We got to figure out it. We got to figure. Somebody got. We got to break the whole system. I know. And like from within. 
No, I mean, just like somebody got to come up with a new model. Like, we don't have to do the T- worship. V. Church. Caroline, church. it's not going to happen. <laughs> There's church.tv. i TV church. Life. I'm not. <laughs> we'll need, cut we, to commercial. We, we need church. <laughs> I know. I'm gonna think of a new way to do this. Flip it around. It's always it's it's worship, speaking, worship. What if they're speaking first, then worship? Right out of the gate, serving. And you no warm up tithe, no juice, no worship. (laughs) You gotta gotta break the ice, though. (laughs) just serving and tithe. (laughs) (laughs) Or how about just tithe? Or maybe just podcast. An hour and a half of tithing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) AC, talk to me. On other podcasts, guests come on, they plug themselves, they promote their projects. We're not here to do that. We're here to lift them up All right, to the Lord and to our listeners. And by that, I mean our projects and our social media handles and maybe what we're enjoying in secular culture. Okay, cool. Caroline, we'll start with you. I have a uh, non-Marvel, non-DC movie to lift up. Love Actually. (laughs) It's a new movie I just saw. Uh, to set it up um, no uh, so I watched a movie like with Nate uh, for his therapy class called A Monster Called and I think it came out of two it's years ago it's called A Monster Calls A Monster Calls actually so Netflix go die <laughs> go die um, A Monster Calls I'm sorry that should be correct Here, anyways I'll so- reenact the trailer ring ring hello what? what? <laughs> it's a monster calling. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's me. Wow. Okay, so the movie is about, uh, it's about grief, and there's animation in it, and it, there's, it's fantastical, and there's a monster that helps this boy go through the death of his mother. Oh, spoilers. Uh, maybe she doesn't die, but uh, but it's really amazing, and it had me in tears, and it was it's like a real beautiful movie about grief and how to deal with it. So, Very beautiful. Yeah, I recommend it. From the director of Jurassic World 2. Oh, okay. Yeah. Who is that? Uh, uh, some guy. J.A. Benanya. J.A. Abrams. J.A. Um, Abrams. You can lift me up at Caroline's Farts on Twitter and Instagram. You know who starred in that movie? Who? Liam Treeson. <laughs> it is Liam Neeson. <laughs> Playing a tree. Oh. Liam Treeson. AC, we turn it to you. Uh, so on the 17th, August 17th, I don't know when this podcast is going to come out. Before then. All right, so... Uh, the second season of a series that I've been producing, a sci-fi series that I've been producing for the last couple of years, called the Convergence series, will come out on the Stuvu TV YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've spent the last two and a half years producing both seasons, and um, I've, it's been the labor of love for me. You can uh, look that up again. That's at the Convergence series on Instagram, mm-hmm. and you can find it on the Stuvu TV S T U V U TV channel on YouTube. Um, on August 17th. You can go watch the first season right now. You'll find me at AC Sanford on all platforms at ACSANFORD uh, on Instagram, uh, Twitter, YouTube, all the jams. Zanga, MySpace, MySpace. Live Journal. <laughs> yeah. Friendster, <laughs> Flickr. Oh, AC's big on Flickr. Yeah, dude. You can lift me up at Kevin T. Porter everywhere. I will lift up. A man named Guy Branham, who I love so, so dearly, and I want him to be my new mentor, and I've been lobbying him to do so for the last eh, two or three years, Mm -hmm. and I love him so much. He has a new book out called My Life as a Goddess, super funny, and listen to Pop Rocket, his podcast that I listen to every single week, can't miss it, and follow him on Twitter, at Guy Branham, and listen to his comedy album, Effable. I love Guy so much. Mm -hmm. 
Guy, mentor me. Mentor me, guy. Come on. And you can lift us up at Christian Fun Pod everywhere on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. You can go to iTunes slash Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. And for every review you leave us, we donate a dollar to charity. This month's charity is the Trevor Project. You can go to Spotify and check out our good Christian Fun Spotify playlist where you can find all our fire jams. That's right. All right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. you can email us anytime, goodchristianfun at gmail.com. Get in touch with us. AC, thank you so much Dude, for joining so us much. on the this show. What a pleasure. What a pleasure. What a good convo. Yeah. And there's nothing left to say except for, and all of Pod's people said, Amen. Amen. Man, I didn't know you were going with that. <laughs> I never tell the guests what to do, but I do motion them with my huge eyes. <laughs> AC, what should we go out with? What's our jam to take us out? Uh, take us out with um, Hammer Time again. That's my jam. Bro. All right. Go straight to that. Hey, hey. That's hey. good. Yo. It's good. I take it back. It should be on the album. It's good. It's good. Two whites said it's good. <laughs> Two whites. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you next time on Good Christian Fun. Bye. Bye. Next week on GCF, we're watching Sister Act. There was like three different versions I went through in my head before just landing on that. One of them was like uh, another season, another reason for making Whoopi, dot, 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 Goldberg, that is. Uh, another one was these stunning sisters are second to none. And the other one was what happens when uh, a movie about the Catholic Church is fun? And uh, I decided to just go with next week on GCF for watching Sister Act. So I'm sorry about that. I hope this um, look to my process behind the scenes was interesting and helpful. And I hope you enjoy the podcast next week. Okay, Kevin out. Bye. That was a HeadGum Podcast.